Welcome back to Bryology 101, episode 3, with my very special guest, Junior Ayono. During this podcast, Junior goes into detail about finding the meaning of life for him as he goes through a five and a half year journey of losing his daughter to a brain tumor. It takes a little bit to get into this podcast, but I promise you it is worth it. Give it some time and get into the story of Junior and his family. I promise it'll change your life. Welcome back, episode 3. Nope. Born and raised in California. What part? Northern? Half and half. I was born in Southern Cal until my junior in high school. After my junior year, we moved to San Jose. And then from my senior year on, it's Northern California. What was your favorite part? Northern California. Northern California. I'm a Northern California guy, except I hate the Warriors. Yeah, I'm a Laker fan. Okay. Die hard. You got the king now? We'll see how that goes. I don't mind. Tell me about it. It's going to be great to, not for us to be at the bottom anymore, but we'll see what he does. So. Are you not a LeBron fan? Yeah, I like LeBron. I always did. I mean, but it wasn't like, oh, we have to have LeBron, but you know what I mean? He's at the, that latter part of his career. I know he's still doing well. He's still... I mean, I think he should have been the MVP last year, though. Yeah, well, he can argue that every year, really. Yeah, I mean, his numbers are better than anybody's. Yeah, and then again, he takes these average teams and take them to the, you know what I mean, to the championship. I mean, yeah, you guys are probably going to go to the ship this year. I don't know. I think we're still young. All depends how they do. You know, to be honest, it's just. I mean, magic's transforming it, though. Yeah, but the thing is, man, you gotta be mostly tough, though. Okay, you're from California. Yep. And you moved to Arizona. 2012. 2012. I mean, no, I'm sorry. 2006. I've been here 12 years. 2006. Did you go to college in California? Yes, I did. Which so college did you go to? I went to just went to junior college. I went to Evergreen. Okay. Did you play sports there? Uh, no, I played basketball in high school. Though. Okay. Absolutely. Then you went to Evergreen, and then right out of college, you came here to Arizona. No. Okay. Oh uh, no, I didn't come here. I've been here with my wife and five kids. So what so. was the process of California college? So meeting your wife. Oh well, I still I moved my junior year after my junior year, and I went to my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, graduated from high school, went on my mission, and went to where you go? College. I went to uh, North Carolina. Okay. Mission. Awesome. And um, after that, I um, went to school and. I ended up marrying my wife, who was my pen pal. Really? While you are on your mission? Yeah, so I met my wife and my sister, who was serving in Wisconsin. Okay. And my wife became my pen pal, literally. Every week. We wrote. (laughs) (laughs) And sending, you know, audio tapes. Yep, we got married in 1992. How long did you guys date for after? Um, Not very long. I've been writing her for about a year and a half. And then we got married pretty quick. Just got married, and then how long after that until you had your first kid? Um, shoot, we had our first kid already. Cause my wife's convert. Mm-hmm. She already had my oldest daughter when we met. Okay. So. So she already had your first. She had your oldest daughter when you guys were married already. Mm-hmm. And then you guys, where were you when you got married? Where'd you get married? In San Jose. Oh, okay, in San Jose. And yeah. you guys lived in California for a little bit. No, then we moved after we got. She was still in school okay. at the time when we got married. Yeah, I moved to Wisconsin when she was still in school. Okay. So where she's from. And you guys were in Wisconsin for? Until we moved like in November after that semester. That winter semester, we moved to California in June of okay. 1993. Okay, and you were working out there? Yep, working and starting to raise a family, started having kids after kids after that. How many kids did you have in Wisconsin? Just one. Just two. Because we were expecting our second when we got married. Okay, so. so you guys got married, and then you were expecting two kids in Wisconsin. Yeah, no, we already had one, expecting our second. Okay. And then we had her, and then right after we had her, we moved in June. To? California. To 
back to California. And why? What made the change from Wisconsin to California? Because I don't like the snow. Oh yeah, I'm going to raise in California, man. I'm the same way. I can't handle the snow. Yeah, I was. Ooh. Old people can't drive in the snow, even if they're from there. For some reason, they have to. They just don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, but we look out in the country. Like, really? Yeah, we look like in central Wisconsin, like Stevens Point, uh-huh. which is what University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. We look like 25 miles out of that. Okay. We live in a small town with only 800. Okay. Yeah, that was an adjustment. So. so I'm back to San Jose, California, from Wisconsin, and when you went to San Jose, that's when you popped out your other three kids? Yep. All in California, and then in 2006, you guys came here, mm-hmm. and you guys came here for a job opportunity? No, we came out here for, for a change. California's getting too expensive, right. plus they're starting to make a lot of changes with the schools, taking money out. So we're like, oh, it's time to make a change, you know. California wasn't wasn't the best idea anymore to raise the kids as they're getting older. Right, right. So we moved here in 2006, but I was still commuting back and forth for work, though, for about almost, what, a year. In California? Mm-hmm. And what were you doing in California? I work, uh, I work in a supply chain. Okay. I work as a senior buyer planner in manufacturing, so. Okay. And what does that entail? I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily I mean, that know. That entails, like, um, like, for manufacturing electronics, like, Anything that's being manufactured, I'm the purchase guy who goes to procurement and does the planning for the daily bills and like the boards. Okay. Okay. And so you were commuting back and forth for how many years? No, for about a year. For about a year, 2006, 2007? Yep. Okay. And then what happened in 2007? You decided to go to a different company? No, no. I ended up working for a different company here. I worked for NAI in Scottsdale. Okay. For a time, so. Okay. And then... How old was your oldest at that point? Um, my oldest was what? She was a sophomore. Yep, she was a sophomore in high school. She was a sophomore mm-hmm. at Gilbert? Yep, at Gilbert High. So all of your kids went to Gilbert High School here in Arizona? Yeah, so my kids, they're, my two boys are still in elementary when we moved here. My two girls were, my two middle girls were in seventh and eighth grade, going to seventh and eighth grade, and my oldest one was going to her sophomore year. Okay. So. So they were all kind of getting raised and you guys were ready to settle here. Yep. And they were all playing sports? Yes. Played basketball, volleyball, cross country. So very active. Right. Okay. And if I understand correctly, you had, your daughter was going to go play D1 soccer? Who, my daughter? Uh-huh. No, no, my daughter's, my daughter graduated in 2012. Okay. And then she got a, I was called scholarship playing in um, Chandler Gilbert, volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah. Okay. So. So she was playing volleyball, and then your other daughter was a freshman at uh, Utah State. Got it. So she was. Right, my, she, my other no, my other daughter, who's older than Haley, was a one of her sophomore year in two thousand. She graduated in two thousand eleven from Gilbert. She got a scholarship to Utah State academic scholarship. An academic scholarship to Utah State, but she wasn't going to play volleyball there. No, no, that's my. No, she was on academic. Okay. So. And then you had, so it's two girls, the first two are girls. Yeah, three. First three are girls. First three are girls, and then the next two are? Our boys. Our boys. And how old is the youngest right now? He's 20. He's 20 oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he graduated in 16, right? Yeah. Is he still in the house? Nope, he's on his own. Where does he go to school? He's not going to school right now, he's just working. Here in Arizona? Yep. Arizona family. Yeah, we're still here. Just my second oldest is not here. She's in the program Utah. Oh, really? She going to BYU? Nope. She graduated already from Utah State. Oh, really? So, so she 
Just He's married to Utah. Two kids, yeah. Well, her husband's out there as well. He's from Logan, but he works in Provo. Oh, okay. So, so he lives in, they just live in Provo together. Yeah, and they have two child. kids already. Yep, two boys. Ooh, so you're, so you're my grandpa. Has, yeah, my oldest one has four kids. Okay. So, so your oldest one has four kids? Yeah, six grandkids now. Right, right. And how old are you? I'll be 47 in September. Really? So. You look good. You look young. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I said late 30s. I said late 30s. So, my mom told me a little bit about the story of your daughter and kind of how, you know, how that all went down. I don't know much about it. Um, is that the daughter that was going to go to Utah State or is that the no, daughter? No, that's the one that was playing uh, at Chandler Gilbert. Okay. So she went from Gilbert High School to Chandler Gilbert. And what kind of was the medical issue that was going on? I don't necessarily know. My mom was kind of explaining it to me. Was it cancer? Brain tumor. Brain tumor. Okay. So she graduated in May. She went through, um, then she started to have like issues like feeling sick, like pressure on her back, her neck. And we didn't know we went to the doctors and the ER, couldn't figure things out. And, um, she played her freshman volleyball season at Chandler Gilbert, and then in November that's when we found she had a brain tumor. But so it all started suddenly, though. Yeah, it was, a, it was gradually just when we, we found out. So. And that was her first year in college when she. Yeah, actually, we finishing her first semester. Oh really? Yeah. Was she living at home still? Yes. Yes, she was. And when she started feeling those things, were you guys, you know? curious about it or did you think it was just no yeah we were curious because we keep on going back and forth man to our doctor our other ER saying yeah, go back to your primary our primary goes oh, I don't know she's fine her blood work came back was good and we were to a point where they started asking is it psychological is it, you know like, yeah is something going on and she on drugs like no is she like you know depressed like no until um, my nephew he was finishing up his uh nursing degree at ASU. He was working um, at um, Gateway Banner okay. and ER as a scribe. And um, we got to know the ER doctors really well. And it was Thanksgiving weekend of 2012. Um, he told us to come in like that day, that Black Friday. He goes, hey, uncle, um, let's call it. You know, because he, he went to work one time and he, he kind of described the, the, what do you call it? The symptoms my daughter was having, and he was like, "Oh yeah, so you know, telling the doctor, yeah, she's you know she's feeling this and that." So the doctor told him, "Hey, tell him to come in, you know, we'll take a look at her." So he called us that day. We were having leftovers at my sister's, and goes, "Hey, um, Uncle Nancy, make sure when you come, I'll call you when the ER is clear Friday night to come in and bring Haley, because you know she at this point she was really." So uh, he called us about, actually about, about one o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, because we were still in our clothes waiting for him in the bed with Haley, and she was in our bed in pain, and he said, hey, Uncle, bring her in. So that's when my daughter was at Utah State. She was, <laughs> she was uh, engaged to get married in December <laughs> that very year as well, 2012, and she brought her fiance for Thanksgiving that weekend. 
my two boys. So we told them, okay, we're going to go to the ER. So me and my wife and um, my daughter Haley was not feeling well, and my daughter Paige, we went to the ER. And we go there, we checked in, and they went ahead and they ran a CT scan. Mm -hmm. You know, and we just sat there for a while, just waiting for the results, and just telling stories of my boys and my now son Walsh. They came and they're just all sitting in the room. Just waiting for the results, laughing, telling my future son at the time stories about the girls and all that. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> about an hour or two later, um, the doctor comes back in. And I noticed my nephew is walking behind him, but my nephew had his head down the whole time. And then, I don't know if you've ever been to the Gateway ER. Mm -hmm. Gateway ER. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Been there. So they have the sliding doors. Yeah. So when he walks through, I was sitting at the edge of the bed, my two daughters. The dog was laying in the bed with her sister, and uh, my wife was right here, and my boys are all around, just laughing. And then the doctor closes the sliding door, and my nephew comes behind him. I never saw my nephew look up, and he pulled the curtain, and he asked, "Hey, can I? Am I able to speak with everyone in here? Do you want anybody in here?" Oh no, go ahead, you don't mind. So uh, you know, he took his time, and you could tell he was really kind of quiet, and he knew it was going to be good. And that's when he broke to us. He said, usually the radiologist doesn't call unless there's something that they see on the scans that are just not abnormal. And um, he said, they see a mass in Haley's head. You know. And we're like, ooh. And um, my nephew finally looked up. He was just bawling. He said, tell you everything you knew. That's why he never came back in the room. And it was like a movie. He just stopped. He just, like, oh, what? You know, like, you know, it's like, huh? Like, Almost are, 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 is, is it real? Can you see yeah. somebody? Is it really happening? Mm -hmm. You know, and got really quiet and just, you know, tears flowed down. And he goes, I'm really sorry. He goes, at this time, um, about an hour or so, we're preparing everything. We're going to send you over to St. Joseph's, to burials, you know, neurology. Mm -hmm. And um, he just talked to us, let them go take a look at it. Right now, they're just passing it on because that's their specialty, you know. And he said, um, Haley, you'll be okay. He asked my daughter, my daughter said, She'll be fine. She can deal with it. And that was the beginning of it all. We found ourselves later, about almost about five in the morning, following my wife and my daughter, and with my other daughter in my car, following the ambulance to, uh, to what's called St. Joe's in Phoenix. And then uh, we get there, and um, they take a look at her and they do an EVD on her right away, which is basically drilling a hole and putting a, a tube through there to drain the, the fluid. Mm -hmm. So all that pressure that she was feeling all this time was just fluid backed up because of the brain tumor was blocking the brain fluid. Look, the brain fluid coming through your spinal cord. Mm -hmm. So it just sat there and just built pressure. And they were very surprised. Usually when you have a tumor, a lot of people will find out if they have like a seizure, but she never had one. It was kind of a miracle. I used a lot of them in front of home. When you haven't seen them, they look right around. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, next thing you know, the, the newer surgeon comes in probably about 6 30 ish in the morning. When we were at St. Joe's, everybody had to her in the ER and the neuro tower in the room. And he explained to us that we're going to be going in to do surgery to try to remove the tumor. And he said the thing with this tumor was the location that sat on top of the Stem, which is very hard because one mistake you can nick something and um, 
She went to surgery about 7.30 and they took her in for pre-op. So, they took her in and um, it took about a good five to six hours. And surgery was done. And at the time, they had to do the, what do you call it, take it in to, to the lab to see if it's, you know, what's called cancerous or not. And we just waited and came back and said the surgery was successful. They took out 90% of that tumor. Because the other ones, it was just impossible. They're okay, and uh, at the time we're like, yes, we'll monitor her. I don't think we need to put a, a shunt in at this time. And a shunt is when you have like a tumor, they'll put a shunt. Sometimes your brain fluid won't be able to go back down naturally to your, your spinal cord. So you need a shunt to kind of help or build down to drain into your intestines. Mm -hmm. So at the time we didn't do it, she didn't need one, she looks good. And um, that's where we start to recover. So probably like in the recovering for about like a week and almost two weeks, she uh you know like okay she's she's looking better. Let's send her to rehab. And St. Joe's has her own rehab center on the different at the across the bridge on the other side of the street. Mm -hmm. You gotta cross over that bridge to St. Joe's to go there. And you gotta get her approved. So she got approved to go there. Insurance says yeah we can we can she can come there. And um, we finally got to move over. Things were progressing. We took her to. Uh, to, um, what do you call it, uh, rehab, you know, to get her, um, not even a day there, my wife was helping her in a shower at rehab, and she has a seizure. So we're like, oh no. And we call across back to the doctor, hey, you know, she, you know the patient, hey, you know, just had a seizure, what do you have to do? So, okay, let's go, let's do MRI, let's run. So they ended up taking her back across and took her out, had to check her out at rehab and admit her back into the, to the hospital. Yeah, you know, back into the hospital into the ICU. Come to find out, her uh, her brain fluid was draining again because all the you know the surgeries, everything was like blocked from like mm -hmm. or, you know like tissue to, and it was blocking, so they had to put a shunt in. <laughs> so here we go, another surgery. Mm -hmm. You know they got to put another EVD to drain it out and go back in. And, Put a shit back there, and uh, so she had to do that, and that took another about almost another two weeks. So we we got into the hospital November twenty fifth, and after those all those little different surgeries, they had that procedure, putting that back in. Um, we were discharged Christmas Day, so so a whole month, and she had to do outpatient therapy. You know, uh, rehab because St. Joe's, you know, so mm -hmm. at the same time, my daughter was getting married uh, December 28th. So, three days after, we went to the Mesa Temple and we got married and had a reception <laughs> at that time. And then, you know, I really thought, like, okay, we weren't sure what's going to happen, you know. So, with Haley's experience, so I at that same time when she was in ICU, was sick, and when she was there, I ended up getting laid off from my job, which carried the insurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the health benefits, right? Yeah. And it was one of those, like, really? I mean, because the company ended up there, was, they were building so fast. I worked for Power One, the mm -hmm. solar company. And um, they're doing manufacturing here. We're doing all these in 
they just came to a screeching halt. They just basically stopped. They were hiring like crazy, you know, for the first quarters of last of uh, 2012, you know, up and, and then they just hit a wall. They ended up saying, you know what, it's costly. We need to send our uh, manufacturing office here to out of the country. So they just started laying people off up and right, and I got hit. But they said, you know what, since you're in that situation, have your daughter have insurance until the end of March. And I got laid off in December. So you You know, have your daughter in the hospital, wedding coming in, coming, you know. No, it's fine. I said, okay. And um, I thought I was going to go back to work in January, find a job. Come to find out, I didn't realize that my daughter never really hailing with her injury, never really was the same after. We noticed that, you know, it was just constant care that she needs somebody there most of the time, all the time, you know. So I ended up being staying at home when my wife worked for different public schools. And um, she, she just worked and I just stayed and just took Haley three times out of the week all the way uh, out of Phoenix for her, uh, what do you call it, for her rehab. And it was like way out there, way out in Phoenix. I can get with it on. Yeah, it was one of the ways. It was probably like a good 40 minute drive, one way. So I did that probably for about two, three months, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So I just noticed my role and became my daughter's caretaker you know, at the time. So we went through all this. She finished rehab. They said she should be okay, just keep coming back. And uh, we had a follow-up appointment to check on the tumor like six months after in June. We went there and um, they did the MRI and set another appointment and our doctor on vacation. So um, he came back and in July we went back to do another MRI and to go through the results with our neurosurgeon, Dr. Rowe. And come to find out, sit with him, he could tell he was kind of, he had that look on my face like, you know, things not good. So this time, my wife was working and just me and my daughter went to this mm-hmm. point. I was like, okay, we thought it was just a checkup. Because uh, my dad broke the news to so my daughter and I, and like, I was like, go back in and have the surgery. The tumor's come back, twice as many. <laughs> now this is not on what, this is chapter surgery in November, and this is just what, in like June, July? Like in July, I think it was. Just seven months after? Yeah. Oh and we were like, oh, and they said, when they took it out, they said it was a cancerous. So this time again, they said, okay, let's set this, um, let's set her second surgery in September. We said, okay. Tears, and I had to call my wife from you know, after the appointment at work, and of course, we're just crying away, you know, telling me we're gonna go through this again. And it was, it was tough, man. And just as we were getting ready for my daughter's surgery, of course, my son who played football <laughs> ended up tearing his ACL, <laughs> you know, at that same time. So, we're going through her second surgery, he has to go, he tore his ACL, his meniscus, okay. uh, his MCL. So he had to go over and redo his whole knee at the same time or so. And this is what going into his uh, senior year, 2013. Okay. He got hurt against, um, what do you call it? Um, Desert Ridge. Okay. The second game of the season. And that was it. 
for that, you know. And this time around, she had her surgery in September. It went well. Um, we went back to rehab again right after this time. We went to St. Joe's one. We went through all that. And then um, they planned to put her on a radiation treatment this time around for the first time. They said she didn't need it. And like chemo. So this time they're going to do chemo by a pill instead of going in and doing chemo by the by your, to your veins or to your port if they have. So we tried that and they said, you know what, let's try this for chemo. I'm going to change your mind. We're going to do chemo with a, you know, it's a new one mm -hmm. called a, a Bastin, you know. And so they end up putting a, a port in her. That way instead of sticking her all the time, they put in the port. And we started our treatments in October. And um, it was going well, it was going good, and the radiation as well. So it was, it was, it was pretty tough. Oh no, wait, hold on, I'm sorry. No, I'm just mistaken. We went on the pill the first time, chemo, like I said. But we did the radiation in October. And that was going to go all the way out to December. Of 2012? Yep, to, no, 13. Of 2013. So we started that in October 2013. And it was going well. She got her mask fitted. We went like uh, once a week. I don't, I don't remember how many times but we went. Did her appointments. And we only had one more appointment left for her radiation last, very last one that day. And we went from Marcy off to work. I was going to get her up to get her ready. And my son was just about to leave on a priest uh, out there. I don't know what Magic Mountain. Oh, okay. priest corner. And so, <clears throat> and so when I went to go get my daughter up and ready, I come in. She just had a long, uh, what you call it, uh, a grandma seizure. She was on the bed on the floor. Oh. And she was Send it leave yet. So I said, I called 917, we'll get him off from work to the island. And we live right here on uh, Brecker and, uh, and um, just north of uh, Williamsville okay. in the Volos. So he drove on, he got her fast, and the animals came and they had taken her. Come to find out, her shunt that she had put in did not function, stopped working. So basically, that shunt wasn't working, that pressure built up and caused that. And the last day of radiation? Yep. And so we had to postpone that, put that radiation off, I don't think. And then we ended up going in there, and this was worse. Her, when that shunt malfunction, it looked like it was worse when she had the tumor. I mean, she was in so much pain. It, it was so bad that when we got to the ER, they sat and had an RN from the ER sit with us the whole time with her. You know, going through the x-ray with her and make sure that, because her, they call it tapping the shunt, meaning that they, they go in and put like a needle to hit that spot in the shunt to see if it's working, if anything will come out. And it did it. And oh man, as soon as they did that, my poor daughter screamed like, oh, and just kind of went into a seizure when they did it. I was like, it was, it was a nightmare, man. <laughs> it was painful to watch. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I, our hearts just sunk on me, man. It was one of those, like, we're on pins and needles. And our, our neurosurgeon was out of town, too. He was on a, doing a conference on her for a neuro. And they had another uh, neurosurgeon coming down to her light. Replacement, and I tell you, man, it was tough. I mean, you look like after surgery, like somebody beat her up. She was swollen. I mean, it was. We we're like hoping, you know, she kind of took a little bit for her to start talking a little bit. It took a big toll on her. So we had that done, and we waited for her to heal from that to see what's going on. And then we had another appointment in December to go back to see how they do another MRI and 
be South Denver Sheridan the the tuner there still. And he basically told us, really, you know, just go home and make it comfortable. But what does that mean? So I kind of put on hospice. Right. And we asked our daughter at the time and said, hey, are you tired? She said, yeah. Because, you know, okay. So our goal was we, we went back and we made a decision in, in, um, in December, January, we put on hospice in the valley. And they came and um, set everything up. And, we said, okay, but, you know, we'll take this course. So from January to, I think, Friday, second week of March, she never really, I mean, she was on hospice, but she never really, like, got to that point where it's about that end was coming. So we sat again as a family, my wife and I were like, hey, okay, let's talk. And we said, Haley, do you want to try treatment again? You know, what do you think? I said, she said, yeah, let's do it. So we went and met with her neurologist oncologist, who was Dr. Uh, Dr. Ashby. So we met with her. I made a plan. And this is when we were going to put her on chemo, mm-hmm. like Holobastin. So our plan was at the end of March of 2014 to start on chemo. And um, at the same time, we were like, okay, let's see what happens. And she, and she did it. At the same time, we were like, you know what? Haley, do you want to go to the temple? So at the same time, uh, in March as well, she got her own endowment. Oh, wow. So we just started the, the treatments of chemo to see if they can help the tumor. And at this point, Haley is six, uh, Haley's 5'9", she's a volleyball player. And when this all started before, so she was a good, solid 135 athlete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by this time of this year, from January to March, she lost so much weight, she was down to 69 pounds. Oh so she's like sticking bones. So we had to rebuild her appetite and build her from like the bottom up. Mm-hmm. So we start that in March of 2014. And we start doing treatment. And we start to do good. She started working. They put in a feeding tube to help, you know, to supplement her eating. That way she can put the weight back on. Um, that didn't last very long because it started to bug her intestines, so we had to take that out, like, after two months. <laughs> but then they started giving her, um, what do you call it, um, steroids mm-hmm. to help her out at the bill. And from March to, I say, September, man, Amy put on some pounds, man. <laughs> I mean, she put on weight. I mean, the biggest we ever saw her, but it was all from the steroids, but mm-hmm. she was eating. She started to eat more than our son played football. <laughs> and so, at the same time in 2014, my son was graduated from high school and was getting ready to go on his mission. Okay. And he left on his mission in June to Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but we were going through all this and um, everything went well. And then, from September on, she was doing well. And the next thing you know, one morning she woke up and she had pain in her leg. Extreme pain, but she couldn't even put pressure on her. Come to find out, um, she ended up having um, what's it called? What do you call it? AV, avascular necrosis, or something like that, where basically the socket, the bone socket, is deteriorating. So. And is that from the tumor? No, it came. I think they they really believe for her age. Um, 
it believed like that steroid causes that. Oh, the steroid did Yeah. It. They're trying to say it was the vaccine and chemo with that combination stuff. So I don't know. They don't know. They can, you know, doctors, they always right. try to guess. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be under finding that. Oh, and the port that she was using for chemo ended up getting infected. So she had to stay for a hospital for another whole week because they had to take it out because it was red and it started to infect. So they went back to doing the chemo on her to stick in her every time they went. And that was a pain. Yeah, but after all that, you find out that she's had a aerosolosis on her hip, both of them. But the, I forget it was it the right one that was the bad one. So we ended up, she ended up having hip replacement surgery as well. Oh man! In March. And she's still going through chemo. Yeah, we stopped the chemo. Okay. We were done with, it, with that, but we got started another round. But we had to put that on hold because she had to start. She had to take that. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and after that, we found out her left one was really bad, so we ended up doing that too in 2016, changing the left. And um, went back and the tumor grew back again. And um, we had to uh, have another, we had like three different surgeries in 2016 mm -hmm. for brain tumor again. Three different? Yeah, at the same time, they went in twice and had to do another procedure, uh, another radiation procedure called the Bracky procedure. Um, it's a it's it's a clinical test. Is where Dr. Brackman or Brockman he works as a radiologist at at um, St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. So he has this. Uh, they're trying this uh, where they get the the radiation seeds that they use for um, prostate cancer to go in into the tumor to put these like seeds and place them with bone to surgeon and place these uh, radiation seeds mm -hmm. in certain areas of the tumor in the brain cavity tumor cavity or to hopefully to kill the tumor and fight it that way and uh, we did that for her too so it was uh, at the same time it wasn't twice to try to remove some of that and they went back in to do that treatment and um, we tried that and went from there and um, find out and do anything <laughs> so just continue to treat her and surgery I think made her worse and from then on in 2016 she started to lose her speech even more and then she just became totally bedridden. she couldn't walk I mean very tall and just got progressively worse um, at this time last year Haley just couldn't speak she was coherent she could do it with her eyes with thumbs up and then she kind of lost use of her right really to really control And the new uh, oncologist was like, oh, there's so much we can do for her. Yeah. You don't have to come back. That's what the movie said. No best I can do Really? No. No. And at this time, too, man, we just lost my sister. And that was our first like, death in my immediate family, you know? Passed away in December of last year, too. And um, that, was, that was rough. And then we go to the oncologist and gives, you know, tells us that, you know, we'll come back. But I, we just made a decision, you know, we'll go from there, we'll take it. 
And from starting from like December on, like until she passed away in May, you could tell she started to change. She started getting pneumonia, was coughing, was coming back, and we ended up putting her on hospices, you know, and on medical care, kind of doing a due team. And yeah, we just ended up doing hospice, I think, um, starting. So with her situation on the flip side, it really helped us to understand that what life is really about. You know, it slowed down life for us. We get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of trying to make ends meet or trying to get, you know, this, get that, you know, goals like, oh, the bigger house. You know, it made things, put things in perspective what's really important, you know. What, what, what you take from this life is like your relationships. You know, what you have done, you know, that you really do take care of your kids, that you you know, and just really understand what God's plan is, you know. It's not about, you know, it's not about, you know, the gifts and all the, the, the material things, I think. But, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's about the love. It really humbles you, you know. It keeps you humble, keeps you like, you know, it makes you understand the why. Why do we do the things we do? What is your why? Is it because you're better things or is it? What is happiness? Is it temporary through materialistic things? Or is it things that you can take spiritually or things that you know that's going to be beyond this life? You know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really humbling. I mean, it's a new adjustment for my wife and I now. It just happened in May. And her birthday is coming up August 6th, and her 24th birthday. And um, it's just sometimes we just got to stop and smell the flowers, man. This life is too short. You know? People are always trying to be better and find different things, but you know, sometimes those things are right there in your home. You know, maybe sometimes you need to cherish a relationship like you know, your parents or your kids or siblings. You never know, man. You know, this life is not, you know, not promised to us. We're just here temporarily. are, but at the end of the day, man, you kind of like, it makes you really believe it, you know, the answers the questions for my wife and I and our family, you know, there is a God, He does love me, you know, no matter the trials that we went through and faced, those were us, not for her, she, she was beautiful, she was a great person, she had great goals, she was about to go on a mission, you know, and Haley was beautiful, I mean, here, I'm just showing you, I mean, this is her right here, she's 5'9", I mean, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, you know, why did God, you know, like, why the good ones? You know, like, what do you mean, no, why? Because she can handle it. You know, I think about my other four kids, I'm like, could they do the way he did go through this? You know, and, you know, Russ is, you know, it really helped my wife and I's relationship way much more. I think it was for us, we were happier. You know, we, we, you know it made us realize, you know, our reason. 
I mean, you're incredible. The, your your outlook. I mean, just listening to the story and listening to you. It's it's blowing me away, honestly. The, the positivity that you're just you know drawing from the situation. People are complaining about the littlest things, of, you know, not having the new iPhone or or you know little little minor things of that doesn't even compare to the story of Haley and your family and you know, five and a half years of, of constant, you know, I don't even want to say struggle because you're so positive about it, of, of love and, and learning. It's, you know, it, it honestly, it, it's breathtaking. It's incredible. You know, thank you for sharing everything that you have. And I mean, I know there's other people probably out there going through not your exact same situation, but, but similar situations. And, I mean, if you were to talk to them for someone kind of going through a Haley story but might not be having the same outlook as you right now, what advice would you give them through the process and through the hardships? Um, my advice to people is uh, live the moment. You know, the thing is, is, like, have hope. You know, be positive. I mean, it's going to be rough. You're going to get bad news. You're going to, you're going to go through those rough patches. It's your outlook. You gotta take that and turn it into good to see why it's happening and what you can do to turn it around. I mean, you know, I mean, my tribe. I mean, there's so many people facing. I I don't judge other people. I mean, everybody has their own what do you call it, burdens that they carry. You know, their own traumas that they go through, and nobody's greater than the other. But to me, it's it's just how you handle them. Is to be able to not look at them as a problem, but to and that's one thing people forget is like you can make the choice. At the end of the day, it's your choice how you, how you look at it. You know, it's, it's, and your choices really affects other situations that you're in. You know, sometimes you forget that. You know, sometimes you're like, well, what's happened to you? And there's some things that are out of your control. But it's, it's how you take it and how you, and how you look at it and how you're going to take it. Are you going to shy from it? Are you going to let it break you? Or are you going to let it make you? You know, you know with my daughter's situation, we, we, we're going to let it make us. It's going gonna, gonna to define us as a family and as a person in our relationships and who we are with God. So and how do you feel that almost your testimony or your family's been strengthened from this situation is something in and of itself of how strong you are. I mean it just happened just in May you said, right? Yeah. I mean it hasn't even been it's been nothing a few months. And it's just it, the way that you think about it and the fact that you were wanting to come on this podcast and just kind of share your story, I, uh, it's inspired me. And, you know, thinking of the pity parties that I throw for myself of a bad day at work. And, you know, and like you said, it's all about the love and how you feel with your family and one another and close friends. And that, I mean, seriously, it blows me away that you could teach me something like that in just a short, I don't even know how long we've been talking, conversation and story. And, you know, I think she changed your life, but she's changed a lot of people's lives through this. Oh, definitely, for experience. sure. I mean, Haley's been a, like a beacon to us. You know, it's a, it's a great reminder, you know, of, 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 of what we try to do in this life, what we try to achieve. You know, to be honest, what we take with us in this life is our knowledge and our relationships. God entrusts us for her to be our child. And 
my wife and I have no regrets, you know, of taking care of her. And you know what? We'll do it again. In the heartbeat. You know, think of not, but we'll do this again if we have to. And it's just something I just hope that my kids see that we went through, that give me a testament to them that you know, when hard things happen like in their life that they'll be able to overcome and toward through them. You know, it's not easy, to be honest. It's not easy at all. It's a struggle. But you know what? At the end of the day, I can smile and just think about her and that she's there watching over us. And that she's in a better place. She's pulling for us and for us to make it through. You know? I mean, this world is not a, it's not, it's a cruel world when you think about it. I mean, there's a lot of good loving things, man, but you look around, man, there's always, you know, the negative. I always try to out, right. you know what I mean? Right. But at the end, man, just stay positive, man. Just, just, just love unconditionally. You know? Don't judge. Love sometimes. We're so quick to judge someone because they're not the same or really teaching us to, to open our hearts, you know, open our hearts and our eyes, don't we'll just judge and think, oh, you're, I don't talk to you, you know what I mean? So. Man, I need some of your positivity and just <laughs> rub it off me and sprinkle it across <laughs> the whole world. I think the place would be a lot better if we had your mindset based on everything else. Thank you seriously so much for, you know, being here with me and, and sharing this, you know, even if not another person listens to this podcast, I've said it before on my other ones, I do this more for me and to kind of archive my life and the people that I've met and their stories and, and their love and their passions. And so seriously, thank you so much. I, I really do. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Think it, I seriously can't thank you enough. And, uh, Love to your family. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, thanks for, thanks for everything. Thanks, man. That's that's how it ends the podcast biology episode three. So uh, everyone, share this if if you listen to Junior's story. Share it, like it, and uh, 